Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Hardwood Nations podcast with your boy C.L. Anthony and my main man, Bryce Ward. What's going on, Bryce? Not much, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Hey, we're going to jump right into it today. we got some topics that we need to cover. So we're going to start with, was Damian Lillard actually a fraud? We're going to talk about the health <laughs> of Zion Williamson. We're going to talk about Anthony Davis. Has he really fallen off? Like, what's going on there? We're also going to talk about the heat that LeBron James has taken this week. And then also, why on earth is Scottie Pippen still talking? So, let's get to it. We talked earlier in the week, and you mentioned something that was very interesting to me. That you, I forgot how you put it, but you're like, pretty much, was Dame a fraud, like, this whole time. So, I wanted the masses to hear us discuss this because we both have said numerous of times that Damian Lillard is one of our favorite players, but he's not having a great season at all. So Bryce, is Damian Lillard a fraud to you at this point? Um, I still won't go as far to like really commit and say a fraud, but <clears throat> maybe he had a way of sneaking past us in a sense to where for some reason, like guys like James Harden and to an extent Trey Young had reputations of like you kind of, kind of like jumping into fouls, like uh, flailing almost in a way to get a foul, right? And <clears throat> I know the rule change has been a topic of contention this year, and Dame has even spoken out to how the refs are calling games, and he seems to really have an issue with it, and it seems to be affecting his game. And I think in hindsight, we would never have really thought that. Like, um, he just didn't get the kind of attention for and, and the kind of reputation not like Harden did. Like, Harden was probably the poster boy for it. And I know a few people have already come out, you know, kind of said that, including maybe, uh, I think, what, even Steve Nash mentioned the yes, focus Steve on Nash Harden. Yeah. You know, Trey Young is another name I mentioned, but. Damien is just not a guy I would have picked to have been having issues like this. I mean, he had like four points or six points one night. It's not like him. Um, and to see the slump in the shooting with like a lot of players, I mean, it doesn't seem to be affecting Stephen Curry, which is impressive in itself. But right. <laughs> like, there's, a, there's a few guys it's really hindering. And Damien is just one of them I wouldn't have put my money on. And so it's got me like rethinking. Uh, my opinion of him a little bit not to say he's like a fraud but to be thinking that well maybe he wasn't as good as I thought okay so I I have I have the numbers pulled up here because I heard the other night and I haven't watched a lot of Portland this this season so far they're just too late for me to play I I, to watch them I just can't um in 16 games so far I'm not sure if this includes last night game where they actually beat Philly um but we know Philly doesn't have Embiid still uh, 16 games this year, Damian Lillard is averaging 21.6 points a game. Now, for his career, he's averaged 24. But from what I've been hearing, the 21.6 is his lowest point total since his rookie year. But here's the frightening thing about that. Um, his field goal percentage from three was, was at 37. The career right now is at 29. <laughs> Very bad for a volume three-point shooter. And even his field goal percentage, career is 43%. He's at 39. 
I think it's a couple of things going on here. One, I think he's checked out. Even though he's saying he wants to stay in Portland, I just think mentally he's checked out. And two, I actually think there's something up with them switching the ball. I think he's having a hard time adjusting to the ball. Um, more so than the rule change, because like you said, I just never saw Dane fishing for fouls. I just I never saw it. Um, but I think it's the it's the ball switch and then also him just being mentally checked out. Do you think he could be checked out at this point? Yeah, or not even like like he probably doesn't even realize it as much himself. It's just like when the enthusiasm, like when the complete enthusiasm isn't there hundred percent all the time. You might even say and think you're giving 100%, but, you, you know, you might be lying to yourself or triggering yourself a little bit. Something's definitely off. I think the disengagement with the team could be there, like you said. Like, he's not feeling – like, just not feeling it as much as he usually has. And the ball could be an issue. The The weird thing about the ball is, is let, like, not as many people are bringing it up. Like, if, you, if, right. if Damian – Damian's the one with the ball in his hands. He's the one that knows who he – like, what it feels like to play as him and he hasn't even mentioned the ball and he's mentioned the reps and the mm-hmm. call. So I, I do think it's a, a part of it, but how big, I don't know. And to me, I just keep going back to the golden standard, which is Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry is having no problems. There's some players <laughs> in the league having no problems. So to me, if it was the ball, everyone, absolutely everyone would be talking about it. But there's some people not talking about the rest because it, it's not bothering them because right, their game right. doesn't rely on it. Right, Damien right. having to talk about it is like, well, now we have to figure out what the real issue is because something's going on. And only well, a few people are super affected by this rule change. Most of the league seems to love it. The only person I've heard say something bad about the ball was was Paul George and his his overall game hasn't been affected by the refs because he doesn't fish for fouls. So he did mention the ball. Um, I do know the other night in Brooklyn, it looks like the refs reverted back to their old way of calling things because I saw James Harden went to the free throw line 20 times. And that, that's excessive for any one player in one game. Um, and from the Magic fans, I gathered that it was a lot of bullshit calls. <laughs> <laughs> being, being called against the Magic, so mm-hmm. hopefully that's not a trend because I do I do like the way that they're calling the games. They're actually making allowing the game to be more physical, which is why we've had a couple of skirmishes in the last couple of weeks because these guys are out there just battling. So I like that aspect of the game. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this, this this thing with Dame is a little uh, <laughs> it's a little surprising. It, it, it is because we we yeah. have rarely criticized Damian Lillard, but something is amiss right now in Portland. I can't quite put my finger on it, but once they make their East Coast trip, I'll be able to check it out. All right, so now, moving on to the next topic. Zion Williamson has been cleared for light practice. Um, What do you think about Zion? Because we've all seen the videos. Um, We've seen the photos. We've seen the the Mountain Dew commercial where his face just looks extremely bloated. Like the reports are that he is well over 300 pounds right now. Do you think Zion Williamson is healthy enough to play in the NBA? From a cardiovascular standpoint. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's just a like with that, it's just a matter of how much you can be out there. Uh, But Mm -hmm. with him, 
his body physically just isn't holding up to the pressure of what he tries to do on the basketball court compared with where his physical stature is right now. It's <clears throat> he, I mean, he played like he came into the season overweight already and yeah. then he got heavier and he immediately got hurt. <laughs> his body, his body, you can't do that. He's not seven two. He's not going to be able to pull a shack and right. just rely on his pure size. Plus, Shaq was talented. Not saying that, but I'm just saying Zion doesn't have that size. He can't just get huge and fat and expect to be able to play well. Um, also, the longevity of his career, just like Shaq's, will be cut down if he tries to go that route. But his success is gonna is gonna plummet if he keeps this up. No one's going to want him. He's going to be always hurt because he's a big guy and he's carrying all that extra weight around and he tries to be an explosive big guy. That's just not going to work. You've been saying it since he came into the league that he's probably going to have to lose some weight. He came in this year heavier than he's looked in a long time. And within two weeks, he looks like he gained even more weight. Like, <laughs> like you're trending the opposite direction. And – you're already injury prone and you're already hurt to start a season. Light work is all you can do right now because you need to lose so much weight before you yeah. get to that heavy work. Yeah. I, I have been a harsh critic of Zion's weight. There's two things that NBA players lie about all the time. There's two, their height and their weight. We never know how tall these players actually are and we never know how much they actually weigh. When when Shaq was in his prime, I would tell people you you had to put a question mark behind his weight because you never knew. Shaq was clearly close to four hundred pounds at one point, but he was listed at three twenty. Okay, it, it just they always lie. Um, right now, and this is I don't know when these measurements were taken. I don't know if it was even his rookie year a couple of years ago. Zion is listed right now at six six and two eighty four. I think both of those are a lie. I think he's more about six five and a half, and we know he's over three hundred pounds at this point. I he may be pushing three twenty at this point just by just by the eye test. He's a big boy, and like you said, he's not as tall as Shaq, who was seven, you know, between seven foot and seven two, where he could carry that extra weight. Um, yeah, the injuries did slow him down at the end of his career. But he, Shaq really wasn't injured at the beginning of his career because he was actually slimmer. Zion's mm -hmm. doing the opposite. <laughs> yeah. He, he's doing the opposite right now. I want the kid <coughs> to be great. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I question his desire. He, he's an explosive young man. And when you carry that much weight, it's hard to be explosive consistently. And that's my only problem with him. He would have to almost go to a finesse game like Shaq did when Shaq started picking up the weight in Los Angeles. He went to more of a finesse game. Zion has to get that now because trying to be explosive and carrying the weight that he carries, he's going to have a very short career. Those knees are not going to last at all. So, Anthony Davis, one of your Kentucky boys. I looked at his numbers the other day. He's averaging a double-double, uh, 23 points a game and around 10 rebounds a game. But something seems to be off as well with Anthony Davis. Now, the reason why I say that is for two weeks you had no LeBron. You still have Russell Westbrook trying to figure out how to play with, within that system. I thought that was the perfect time for AD to step up and have some monster games, which we know he'll give you two to three monster games a year. 
that was the perfect time for him to do so. My eyes tell me that Anthony Davis has been on cruise control since he's been in Los Angeles, especially on the defensive end, which is where the Lakers are really getting killed right now, which is defensively. How do you feel about Anthony Davis right now, his motor, um, heading into this season? Um, I just felt like it was going to be a perfect <coughs> test of how far Anthony Davis's like prime talent could take a team. Because even though they brought in Westbrook, I, I feel like the sentiment a lot of people had in their in like envisioning the Lakers this year was LeBron's waning in years. He's gonna not have to or not need to play as much. You want to save him for the playoffs. So Anthony Davis and Westbrook are gonna try to carry the heavy minutes load and carrying the team throughout the regular season with LeBron helping and doing the LeBron leadership thing and bringing it all together for a cohesive team. <clears throat> um, I, I thought that. For the Lakers to have real high-end championship success this year, that it was going to have to be Anthony Davis's year to step up and be the guy. Um, the Westbrook thing and the team chemistry, that will come in time. Um, we know who Russell Westbrook is. He's going to have his, his stats and he's going to have his turnovers, but he's the type of player that's going to really need to – familiarize himself with that team and those players to cut down and to even, you know, be able to run that team. Um, so that's, that's still, no, none of that's unexpected to me, but like you said, with LeBron James already sitting for a while with an injury, that should have been Anthony Davis's time to shine. And, and now I'm starting to think that he's just, he just has to be a number two guy. Um, He's not going to be the one that consistently leads your team nine nine out because what he sh in my eyes what he should have done while LeBron was out was like hey I need the ball right. I need the ball every time like I know we got Westbrook here but with my talent and what we're doing in my size like where I'm at I I need the ball give me the ball and I don't know if that's happening or not, but stats-wise and everything, it, it doesn't seem like that. Um, he's putting up good numbers, but not like he's the dominant player on the court and not like he's an MVP-type player. And when people talk about Anthony Davis, they see the potential there. They they talk about him in that caliber, like the, one of the top best players in the league. But he doesn't command it like that. And... He's been given every opportunity to this point, and I feel like that's why people were still giving him the benefit of the doubt. It's like, let's see him in this position and then in this this team dynamic. Let's see what he does then, and let's see what he does then. And now we're there, and you hear him saying stuff like, well, we're not, we're not a championship-caliber team. We're not this good right. or this or that. And that's fine. You are those things. But where's the effort on your part to elevate your game not just stats-wise, but to make your team better. Mm -hmm. that's, and yes. that's that, yes. that's something we're not mm -hmm. seeing from him. And that's fine. Like We might not see that from him. But I think a lot of people have been able to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I think that's finally starting to wane. Like He's not going to be an A guy. Not that his 
skills aren't an A talent, but mentally he needs to be the B guy. And um, without LeBron there, um, it looks like he's just not feeling it. Um, he's not feeling the effects of what he could bring to that team because he's just not enforcing it. It's like um, the Kevin Durant situation. Kevin Durant's the best player, could be the best player in the world. You could argue he is right now, but he went to play with Steph Curry. He, he he's always been the one that wants to go play with someone. Um, right. Anthony Davis, from his days in New Orleans, kind of feels that way. He's the one that's going to go play with someone. He's not the guy who wants to be the alpha leader. He knows what he's capable of, and he's happy in his role. But he's at this point, I think it's safe to feel like he's probably not going to step up in like the MVP caliber that we were hoping some of us were hoping he would do to help lead this Lakers team. So I think now it's just starting to become more clear. Like that's not, that's not going to happen now. Like he's, he's been given every opportunity and he's just not stepping up in the same way. So like you said, he'll have big games and you know, he's a great number two, but with LeBron Mm -hmm. being out, it's, it's not the kind of leadership and not, it's not like the kind of performances I was hoping to see. Yeah, he, 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 he is you, – you hit the nail on the head with the hammer. He is a great number two, and it looks like that's what he's going to be. I've always criticized him. Now, let's go let, – let, let's take a trip down memory lane. He was a fantasy darling. Everyone loved him. He put up great numbers. I'm like, yeah, but he hasn't done shit. And the reason why I say that is his numbers aren't impactful. Vince Carter scored a lot of points in this league. They weren't impactful. Carmelo Anthony has scored a lot of points in this league. It wasn't impactful. Mm-hmm. Dominique Wilkins has scored a hell of a lot of points in this league. It wasn't impactful. And that's the thing. What can you do to make your team better? <laughs> and we haven't seen that. We've never seen that from Anthony Davis. So before, when he was with the with the uh, Pelicans, it was, okay, he doesn't have good players around him. I would always say, well, if he's the player that people think he is, he should make his teammates better. Now he's on the team where he has players around him and we're getting the same output from him. And like I said, defensively, he's gotten worse each year. Each of the last three years, he's gotten worse defensively. So that's my criticism of him. But like you said, he's a great number two. And and, and they do a fair comparison because I remember that player that I was telling you about, Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. Now, we we can make the same arguments for him. Yeah, his teammates aren't that good. I will say the same thing. If he's the type of player that people thought he was, he needs to make his teammates better. He's averaging right now 23, 9, and 3 assists. He's actually averaging more assists than Anthony Davis. But their numbers are very similar. So that's ironic to me that we're looking at two players where people are now questioning their motor and their numbers are so similar. On paper, the numbers are good. But the results hasn't been there on the court. So that's just a just a FYI. Any quick comments on Carl Anthony Towns? Because I know he's taking a little heat this year, too, <clears throat> for not playing uh, as hard as some thinks he should. Um, I know a lot of people were trying to give him excuses um, for as to as to why maybe he could be a little, uh, I guess you could call it disengaged. I know he mm-hmm. had. He lost his, his mother, right? He lost his mother and a few other, I think about eight total yeah. family members, yeah. Yeah, like, that's devastating. But aside from that, and I'm not, 
I'm not excuse like not discounting those things, but it seems like he's had a motor issue before some of this. And in a broader scope, uh, it's more telling to me. It's like we have some of these premier big men, Anthony Davis, Towns, Zion. Um, you could go back farther, Bynum. Mm. There's a lot of big men who have the physical stature to really be something, but mentally they're just not the the type of player that you want. Um, it's like easy to for them to cop out or disengage or not put in the, the time and effort. I mean, even Anthony Davis has come in looking not as healthy the last few years as he could. Um, there's something going on. It's like it's like a big man mentality these days. It's like where they, they have a softer type of um, a mental game um, outside of a few guys, but like outside of those few guys, the, the guys who do have that, that attitude you want, they're not the premier offensive players. It, it, it's like right now there's not a 100% complete big man who's doing everything on the court outside of, you, you, you could argue like Jokic does a lot, but like defensive wise, I don't know how influential he is compared to like an Anthony Davis who can really move. You know what I mean? Like Davis, right. Jokic is, is might be okay on defense, but he's not making the type of plays like Davis could make, like Towns could make. Right. Um, and those guys just seem disengaged and not even putting in the physical effort sometimes so I, I don't know what's going on but it's been a problem with big man i've noticed it seems like for a while yeah that's a great take moving right along lebron james took some bullets this week um he just returned back from a two-week act absence lord i can't talk to that but your boy enos Cantor in boston who has been a huge lebron james critic for years was at it again and just to give our listeners some context, or viewers, rather, um, Cantor hasn't been playing a lot for the Celtics. Some people think it's because he's been speaking out against the injustices over in China. We know that LeBron James caught heat a couple of years ago for ignoring some of those injustices. And ahead of their televised uh, matchup between the Lakers and the uh, Celtics this week, Cantor sent out this tweet, which I sent to you, and he also tagged LeBron James in the tweet. So I'm just going to read it verbatim. So Cantor put out money over morals for the king, and he put king in parentheses. (laughs) I'm sorry, in quotes. Sad and disgusting how these athletes pretend they care about social justice. They really do shut up and dribble when Big Boss, and he has a China flag behind it, says so. did you educate yourself about the slave labor that made your shoes or is that not a part of your research? Um, After the game, a reporter asked LeBron James about it. And LeBron said that he saw Cantor in the hallway. And if Cantor had something to say to him, he should have said it then I'm paraphrasing, but that's what LeBron said. He said the guy walked by him and didn't even say a word. Um, How do you feel? This isn't the first time Cantor's taking shots at LeBron. And he even had these shoes. I'm not sure if they're Nikes or not, but he had shoes illustrating some things where there's money bags behind LeBron James kneeling to a Chinese representative and he's placing a crown on LeBron James's head. Um, this is a very direct shot <laughs> at, at LeBron and at Nike. And we haven't seen players go at LeBron like this. You know, um, how do you feel about that? 
Well, what's ironic is, and as Cantor says, he calls him out as, you know, he gives him his nickname, the king. Kings are prone to care about money and not the people. <laughs> so that's just, that, that, that's, a, that's just a funny point that I thought of when you mentioned the crown thing. Because it's like, well, that one makes sense. But here's the thing. Uh, and someone brought this up in a tweet underneath, like, Inez's comment, where someone's like, uh, it looks like you tweeted this from an iPhone. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, that's ironic, because that's where those come from. This is the problem with anybody that criticizes anybody else for not calling out China right now. If you live in America, almost everything you – and most places around the world, if you're using something, most of it's from China. We, we know what that means. Um, Ricky Gervais, what was it, two years ago or last year, had a famous rant at the Oscars where he calls out that entire business, Hollywood mm-hmm. industry, for, for kind of the same thing, right? The hypocrisy of getting up and grandstanding for one topic when behind, you know, if you follow the blood trail, you're connected to slave labor in some other way. This is a problem for everyone. And the problem is when you have um, celebrity leaders speaking out on things, um, the, the common people like you and me, the fans of celebrities, players, all these people. They can do or say one thing, and we're all for it, but everybody has this stain on their hands. This isn't a LeBron James thing. It's not a you and me thing. It's it's bigger than that. I mean, we could get into political arguments at this point because it, it's also a point of contention there. This this isn't a basketball thing. It's, it envelops everything. LeBron James, you could call out like anybody. You, you could pick Leonardo DiCaprio. You could pick anybody that is actually in the limelight and vocal. Now, I'm not saying Inez Cantor shouldn't come out and say these things because I think it's important to make sure that it's spoken on. Like the hypocrisy should be known but all of these establishments, the NBA, uh, Hollywood, most businesses, most businesses that are huge, that are really big, that are like global, uh, this is a problem for all of them. And a lot of it's, you know, based on old uh, political changes that make the type of free trade and the type of uh, manufacturing. Uh, those kind of things, it makes it appealing to companies. And, and, and until the money changes, no one's gonna no one's gonna really do much. And, and speaking out on it like cancer is is important because people need to know. But it's a bigger problem that these individuals aren't changing on their own. LeBron James isn't changing the China situation on his own. Um, but people do need to know about the hypocrisy of these things because. Um, I don't think anybody's perfect, but for these people to stand up and to pick and choose their their movements and their charities to get behind and all of that's good. 
but at the core, there's a bigger issue, and it's not going away because China's not going away, and they have too much money to burn. And for a capitalist system, um, money money is what runs everything. So until until like something changes between the United States and China in terms of like trade and the way money flows, none of that's going away because money the the companies make too much. So it's nice yeah. that Cantor called out LeBron and calls out you could call out everybody is like what I'm saying. It's like what did he tweet from? Does he have any Apple in his house? Does he have I, I you could just go through there and pick. You you'll find something. It's inevitable. So it's nice that it's you know more and more people are talking about it. But until there's a higher up change, uh, nothing's China can't be touched because they have too much money to throw around. Yeah, and that's and a problem. In, that's a problem in everything, not just the NBA. Yeah, we won't see that change in our in our lifetime. Uh, another thing is is that I believe the Chinese government, because they regulate all information coming in, internet, television, mm-hmm. things of that nature. I believe they paid the NBA and the Celtics uh, something mm-hmm. around nineteen million dollars to have the broadcasting rights to the Celtics over there. But now, mm-hmm. due to Cantor's uh, vocalness, they've actually blocked all Celtics broadcasts from China. Um, and also, as a retaliation, Cantor believes that that's why he's not playing right now in Boston. Because he's a capable big off the bench, but he hasn't been getting a, mm-hmm. a lot of playing time. So he's hinted that his outspokenness is why he hasn't been playing. And he's going to keep trying to expose more things to make the league as a whole look bad as well for being in uh, in bed with China. So yeah, it's a very tricky uh It's very like a few months situation. back. You, you you saw the John Cena apology, right? Just for acknowledging oh, yeah. that Taiwan was a country? Yeah, he was uh, yeah. speaking Mandarin yeah, fluently too. I was yeah. like, what in the world yeah. is going on here? <laughs> so like Fast and Furious fans, you can't be upset. You can't be upset. Yeah. You love those movies, right? straight pandering so it's just it's so easy to just close your eyes and say some stuff but you're probably connected to it to yourself so you just got to be careful and always pointing the finger it's it's important to point the finger but you know your hands could be just as dirty so Mm -hmm. there's also a quick story where michelle beetle formerly of espn um was on the podcast recently excuse me, and talked about how, for whatever reason, LeBron James didn't like her. Uh, She cited criticizing the decision, but LeBron James didn't like her and actually attempted to get her fired (laughs) because he didn't like her take on the decision, which was, God, what, 12 years ago at this point? It's like, what is going on in this world, right? Um, I know athletes have power. I don't think athletes have the power to get sportscasters fired, but hey, he tried, and I guess he found out he couldn't do that. Really quick, do you want to be like Pippin, or do you want to be like Mike? Which one is it, Bryce? Um, well, one's a pretty common saying, and one is associated with someone complaining too much. So, yeah. um, <laughs> and... And what's funny is, like, even the people, like, deep in that community, like, 
the Will Bonds, the Stephen A's, well, not as much anymore. But you, you know what I mean. The guys that are tied to the rumors and the inside talk of these NBA players. Like, n- nobody really seems to be backing up Scottie Pippen here. We all know what Jordan is. We, everybody at this point knows what Jordan is. And that's accepted because he's considered by all the greatest of all time. Um, Scotty just, at this point, it feels like to me, outsider looking in, watching what everything unfold, you won your championships. You, you're you're upset because you're not getting the clout you felt like you deserved. But you also had opportunities, just like Anthony Davis we were talking about, to prove yourself. And you chose to either sat out, you were sick, you were hurt, something, your back was hurt. Yeah, I get all that. But it's like you, you've also had your opportunities, and then you even had opportunities to go play other places after. And it's like, bro. You had your chances to prove yourself. We Everybody, like I said, knows who MJ is. All right. What more are you trying to prove? What more are you trying to say? Like, you should have said this at a different time. You have a book out after the last dance, and now you want to talk about everything again? Well, that's fine. But it just, it kind of discredits some of the shit you're saying because it's like, you should have kept this the whole time. And if you did, you should have been saying this to his face. And then there's other things that we didn't know about, like where he didn't even comment or uh, talk to Michael when his dad passed. I mean, your teammates. If you're going to call out Michael Jordan for being petty and being this type of person and not giving the right kind of uh, kudos and thank you to the rest of the team, it doesn't seem like that was the case. It just seems like you want more and more all the time. And over the years, it seems like you crave the attention of being in the limelight. Like, it seems like Scotty wants the career that other people had, even though, for the most part, Scotty gets credited with a great career. He's just not MJ. But nobody is MJ. So stop trying to make it a a thing between you and the rest of the Bulls team and MJ when it seems like you're the main issue here. So I, I just think, like, it's a it's an attention get. It's just him trying to keep doing what he's been doing for a long time and overvaluing himself a little bit. That's just my take on it. It's like, I'm tired of seeing him talk about it. Look, <coughs> as a kid growing up pre-league pass and having WGN, I watched a hell of a lot of Chicago Bulls games. And in all those games, I was rooting against the Bulls because I hated them that much. But I was one of the few kids that grew up that had a pair of Scottie Pippins. I think for back-to-back years, I needed some Scottie Pippins because they hugged my ankles really nice when I was out there hooping. But with that being said, he's one of the greatest players that I saw play basketball, and he was fundamentally sound. He's like a LeBron James light. But like you said, even LeBron James isn't Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is the best player I've ever seen play, and I hated him so much. But Six championships later, I can't understand why he's not happy when he's mentioned every day in the same breath with Michael Jordan. Why are you not happy about that? You're a six-time NBA champion, and you wasn't some bitch player that sat at the end of the pine to win them. 
you were the number two guy on those teams. So I'm with you. I don't understand why he's unhappy. I don't understand why he's still talking. Well, I do kind of to sell the book. I get it. But no matter what he does, he would never get from underneath that shadow. But it's not an unfair thing. The entire league is underneath the shadow of Michael Jordan. (laughs) They're never going to be able to come out of that shadow. God knows LeBron James is trying, okay? (laughs) He's trying hard. He will never be from up under that shadow. It's just what it is. It is just what it is. And it is getting more uh, crazy by the week because this week now Scottie Pippen said Michael Jordan is the one responsible for the NBA game not being played well today. Is my, That's Michael Jordan's fault. Like, get out of here. Um, it's crazy. It's, it's getting a little uh, circus-like right now. Um, I still hope those two can hash it out. But the thing that you mentioned about uh, Michael losing his father and Scotty kind of not being there for that, that's indefensible. Like, there's, there's nothing that <laughs> – I don't blame Mike for that. If that, if that is Michael's core reason for – I'm not going to say shitting on Scotty, but for just – unacknowledging him he has every right to do that so after this um reggie bush darren williams fight i suggest scotty <laughs> pippen michael jordan just let him box it out dude you know how much money that would get <laughs> i know you see you see michael jordan like try to become the greatest fighter of all time bro training Mike Tyson you, or something. Yeah, well, can you imagine him ended up fighting Mike Tyson? <laughs> no. Dude, everyone would buy that. Every d- Dude, they could charge 150 bucks and everyone would buy it. You talking about a money grab? Are you kidding me? Are you Mike, kidding Yeah, me? but we, we don't want to see Mike Tyson kill Michael Jordan either. I, I, I would say, because we know Mike Tyson has had some money problems, I would say Mike would actually take the. I would say Mike, Mike would take it. He would take it. They would work it out when Mike would take it. He would get knocked out. He would yeah. just fall out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't want to see that one, but MJ versus Scotty? Yeah, let's line that one up. We're in this. Well, in this right now. <laughs> well, that's going to be it, ladies and gentlemen, for this week's episode of the Hardwood Nation podcast. Be sure to catch us on YouTube. Like, subscribe, and share our content. Comment below. Give us shout outs. Hell, we'll respond. We love you guys. Follow us on Twitter at Hartwood Nation. I'm tweeting more now than ever before. And yes, I'm that troll. Just ask Tracy McGrady. You guys have a good night.